to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Welcome to the Culture State Podcast. And this one is going to be a little break from the norm uh, because (laughs) there's some very interesting news. I'm Chris Lee. Yeah, and I'm Dennis Cox. Um, over the past weekend, uh, mm-hmm. this wasn't initially what was planned for this week. Uh, but nope. when when something that happened this past weekend happened, we had to like put the brakes on and uh, and and pivot just a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, the great interview that you're supposed to hear this week, uh, you'll hear that next week. And, and trust me, it's still going to be a good interview. But and this Mick, right Mick here, Mick, Mick Mixon, Mixon, voice of the Carolina Panthers, he's retired, he's re- and so yeah, he is. This is like a retirement interview. Mm-hmm. Um, but Let's talk about this. NC State. The most NC State thing happened to NC State over the weekend. And it all started Friday when we started getting word um, at WRAO. We got it a little bit earlier than than most. We just couldn't report it uh, that there's a possible positive on their on their team. And of course, in June of 2021, we haven't heard that type of language probably since March of Mm -hmm. 2021. It's been a good three months. And, you know, we haven't really heard about teams taking a break or whatever because of COVID-19. So this is kind of a shock to a lot of people when it happened. It really is. And, you know, this podcast, Chris, we're all about putting North, you know, those who put North Carolina on the sports and pop culture map, right? That's what we're all about. And unfortunately, this is a a negative way of putting the state of North Carolina on the sports map because of this situation. And that's that's (laughs) kind of the frustrating thing is that so many people, like you mentioned it, hadn't heard COVID being a a cause for something to shut down in the sports world since what, what VCU basketball had a since right before the NCAA tournament. Yeah, right before the NCAA tournament had to pull out. I think there was a situation with both Michigan and Notre Dame ice hockey, which was roughly around the exact same time. So yeah, it had been several months since that was the case. But man, talk about pulling at your heartstrings because so many people like NC State was the darling of the College World Series. They were that underdog story that everyone was rallying behind. Everyone in Omaha was like outside of their own schools like let's go pack. Let's go pack. Everyone the was they, in on it. They brought down though. Yeah, exactly. They 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 the way they beat Arkansas, the way they beat Vanderbilt. It's just like oh my goodness, like this this is the team that that we can all rally behind. It's the underdog story, and that's actually reminiscent of the school itself. NC State has that blue collar underdog mentality to itself because you do have to play in the same exact area as North Carolina and Duke, which have a little bit more of a profile, but this was their chance. And just, uh, and we're going to talk about a little bit more in this podcast about other situations here in North Carolina and the sports world that unfortunately did not quite go so well for the people in this state. Yeah. And before we get into uh, all those other situations, let's kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, gather a little bit more of what happened with NC state uh, with the situations. So they actually filled uh, a team with just 13 people. Yep. 14 had to be held out. So that's 27 people on the traveling team that obviously were not vaccinated. And there's been plenty of people who have talked about that and all that stuff. We don't have to get into that. Um, 13 uh, clearly were vaccinated. So they were able to fill the team with those people. And even with those 13, they almost got a win 
against Vanderbilt, which makes you wonder if the full team vaccinated, are we going to have a different discussion right now? Are we talking about national champions, NC State? Um, because they had the advantage over Vanderbilt. All they had to do was win one game. Um, and then we wake up early Saturday morning, and um, the news hit that they're out of the NCAA tournament and they're heading back and that they have eight positives mm-hmm. on the team. Um, that is ridiculous. And so it, it makes you think, wow, like NC State dropped the ball on this. So who else has dropped the ball in a North Carolina sports industry? I've got a few that's on my mind. What, what comes to your mind first? Well, if you want to talk about dropping the ball, I, I think of 2015 Cam Newton in the Super Bowl ah. against the Denver Broncos. I had sorry, I had to go there. You mentioned dropping the ball, Chris. You mentioned it. You brought it up. I had to go there. I had to go there. Cam Newton uh, not diving on that ball. It's you know what? That is something that I think is is the play that people take from it. But the yeah. entire game, though, for me as a Carolina Panthers fan, it was the first game all season where I was looking at the team and I was thinking, what is this? Because even in that game that they lost against Atlanta, I still felt like they played at least okay. That team on that Super Bowl night did not show up. Don't spoil me for 18 games Mm -hmm. and decide not to show up for the Super Bowl. Games that I thought you should have lost. Ahead of time, I mentally prepared myself for them to lose, like Seattle. And Greg Olson makes that wonderful <laughs> touchdown catch at the end of the game oh, yeah. to seal it for the Panthers. You know, I was that was a shock for me because I, I expected Seattle. Normally, Seattle beats us. I was thinking Seattle was gonna was gonna win that. And then when I saw them win that game, I was like, "What is this team? Have we turned a yeah. corner? Oh my gosh!" And for the run to just keep going and keep going and that swagger, just keep uh, getting higher and higher and to drop the ball literally like that in the Super Bowl was just disheartening, man. Ugh. That that was a fun team. That, that, that 2015 Panthers team was a lot of fun. I guess you can kind of draw the parallel with this this year's NC State baseball team in terms of like they were a fun team to watch and a lot of people were pulling for them. They were that underdog type story but man that 2015 team was so much fun i remember actually sitting in the studio on thanksgiving day running the board when they played they remember the dallas cowboys and luke keekley had like two pick sixes or something like that (laughs) in that game like they just steamrolled dallas and i was just like yes yeah anytime dallas loses at anything i'm pretty much okay with it so (laughs) but yeah but that, that 2015 team was special but yeah man they did not show up in that game so yeah that's that's one situation where duke unfortunately i'm not duke uh where north carolina unfortunately did not come up on the map and that kind of leads me to something i think you're going to talk about next regarding duke that you're going to offend me with here right now Chris. well you know i thought about duke lacrosse um you just that had to was bring what, it up you just had to mention it 2004 2005 ish right it was 2006 but that's fine 2006 okay so mm-hmm. we were both uh about 20 uh, yeah. when this happened Mm-hmm. Um, and this was probably, I'm gonna be honest, probably the first time I even heard about Duke Duke's lacrosse team. Uh, I wasn't really exposed to lacrosse a lot like that, uh, in my early days. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say that if it weren't for this incident, I probably would have never watched the lacrosse game because I, <laughs> Until you I was like, me, of course. I was like lacrosse 
<laughs> what is this? I mean, coming from High Point, North Carolina, and none of our teams, you know, in high school had it. And of course, UNCG didn't have lacrosse. So I didn't know what lacrosse was. And I watched the lacrosse game because of this. I mean, I knew what lacrosse was, but I've never watched a game before that. And so I watched the game because of Duke lacrosse. So at least that. Yeah, Duke was that that's a a black eye, unfortunately, on the sport of lacrosse. Black guy. Uh, and what? Did you say a black guy? No, I said a black eye. <laughs> Are you trying to? Chris, I know. You're trying to I know. I know, in trouble? I know. You trying to it's get me joke. in trouble, Chris? No, no, no. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know, like the um, I can't remember the comedy sketch. Uh, the black ice, but it sounds oh, like black, black ice from from Key and Peele. Yeah, yeah. Oh, black ice. Ooh, thanks. Um, keep right. going though. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> the 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 rape allegations from from Duke Lacrosse back in two thousand six. Yeah, unfortunately, Chris, that was a an allegation, just an allegation. Yeah, it, it was an allegation, yes. But unfortunately, that put that put a mark on lacrosse that gave into a stereotype of the like privileged white that unfortunately really permeated in lacrosse for a long time, and that definitely was put a black uh, guy on it. Yes, yes, you could kind of say that. That that I definitely definitely <laughs> put a black eye on it. Um, <laughs> Chris is Chris is giving me a hard time on stuff right now. So people that are watching, I'm just um, making a joke. It's just, I know just, he is. <laughs> but but <laughs> unfortunately, that was the unfortunately it it did it really did because me I was a sophomore in in college at the time and I would wear something lacrosse related to my school and people would give me dirty and weird looks. I was like, for what wow. you know? I'm like I, you know. So it's just kind of. It fed into a negative stereotype for the sport, and unfortunately, it happened right here in North Carolina. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when it was happening, and of course, I was at UNCG, and this was mm -hmm. just huge news. It was on every in every newspaper. It was uh, oh, going yeah. in every um, you know newscast almost, and it also like somebody who grew up watching Duke, and not only was like bad for lacrosse, it was bad for a lot of people if you cheered for Duke. Yeah, people like, oh, this is what they do at Duke. I wonder what the basketball team does. I wonder what mm -hmm. the football team does. You know that type of thing, and um, you know, and it was just uh, it was just one of those things. And and like you said, yeah, it did kind of feed into the stereotype of, you know, this is what uh, rich white kids do. They they you know prey on others, and you know, and then it ended up not being true. And, yeah, and then the exoneration really yeah. wasn't covered as much as the allegations were and and there's a lot of people that i've talked to even still to this day that will still bring that up and mm -hmm. they they've totally missed it that those guys are exonerated yeah. um because the allegations and and that's like for anything the allegations go like you know a lot further than the exoneration a lot of people don't like the truth uh if the truth is uh less convenient honestly so yeah a lot of people forget that the the attorney for Durham at the at the time has, has been disbarred and can't practice law anymore. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that was a fallout from that. There is actually an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary uh, about about what happened in 2006 with the with the program. And I know I actually knew a few guys that played on that team. Uh, wow. So it was it was a hard time for a lot of them. They couldn't speak on things because, you know, legal purposes and all that kind of stuff. But 
yeah, it was it was a hard time for for a lot of those guys. Just speaking of documentaries, Chris, we actually <laughs> at WREL had a documentary uh, about an unfortunate situation: the the yeah. death of Michael Jordan's father. Yeah, I remember when this happened. Uh, I believe it was like ninety three or ninety four when this happened, and um, I was young, you know, seven or eight uh, when it went down, and it it sounded um, like murky situations then. And I honestly, as a little kid, never grew up to get um, clarification on what happened. I just know that Michael Jordan's dad was killed and it was a murky situation and we don't really know what happened. Then earlier this year, uh, WREL releases uh, a documentary that you can go watch right now on Amazon Prime if you haven't called Moment of Truth. And I had a chance to watch this documentary and, um, you know, it really showed a lot. It, it, the documentary was bigger than the fact that Michael Jordan's dad got killed. Mm-hmm. It really showed the holes in the justice system, yeah. uh, not only just in Robinson County in North Carolina, but it's also indicative of some of the things that have happened across the nation, yeah. uh, where unfortunately somebody uh, who is African-American gets caught up in something that they were not a part of, and, and yet they do uh, more time for a crime that they didn't commit or they weren't around than for somebody that uh, that actually did the, the crime. And so um, it's very well done uh, by, by my colleagues um, and it really helps explain uh, what happened. But the fact that at the time, Michael Jordan is the top athlete in the world. Yep. Right now, that is LeBron James, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if somebody killed LeBron James's mom in some backwoods road in Ohio, mm-hmm. right? Just imagine the, the news cycle, what that will be like today with social media and a 24-hour news cycle. That's what happened um, with Michael Jordan's dad sans social media in a 24-hour news cycle. Oh, it was ridiculous. That would that story would have continued on for days and days and days, obviously. But yeah. then even when the season rolls around, it's questions about it every single day like constantly going to be in the forefront uh, on everyone's you know laptop ipads you know phones the whole deal uh so yeah i can only imagine what things would have been like if that happened today uh, that's a oh man i can only imagine i mean it's here, this is a hard enough story as it is here's something else to think about too when it comes to michael jordan if mm-hmm. his dad isn't killed does he decide to stick with the game of basketball and win yeah. eight championships in a row. Maybe. And, and, and isn't it ironic that the greatest player that's ever played basketball comes from the state of North Carolina. And it was uh, a little knucklehead from North Carolina that probably derailed the fact that he could have won eight championships in a row because it, it, it made Michael Jordan go to this place to where he just mm-hmm. didn't want to be with it anymore. He wanted to do, other things that he felt yeah. like uh, would have made his dad proud. Yes, yeah, step you mean step away from the you know the top of the game. You step away for a year and a half. Yeah. You know, you, you come back mid season. You know, you get all the way to the conference finals. You know, where they where they lost to the I think the Knicks. But yeah, I mean, who knows if if he would have kept playing basketball? Who knows? Maybe he would have stopped playing after just three more years. Who knows? You know, that, again, that's the, the what if question that you know unfortunately is just it's never ending. Uh, another situation, unfortunately, that resulted in the death of somebody, a former Panthers wide receiver, Ray Carruth, 
Chris, which uh, you were here in North Carolina when that happened. I was not, but man, you want to talk about a uh, not, not, I mean, you want to talk about a situation that is just uh, for a young franchise in the Carolina Panthers at the time yes. was not a good start for the franchise. So that it was a dark time to be a Carolina Panthers fan mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the, the, the franchise was only four years old at this point. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, um, you know, how many years it actually had been on the field. And here you have somebody who looked like he had a promising career. Ray Carruth. Yeah. You know, was a decent player at the time. He was a first round pick. And you were thinking, OK, this could be possibly the guy to take us through to the future. And then all of a sudden you hear about this situation where he's trying to kill this young lady that's pregnant with his, his baby yeah, to get rid of the baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for so many r- different reasons, you know, I don't even have to tell you why that was big here. We're in the Bible belt and the idea for a lot of people, there's a lot of people and we're not going to get into this discussion here. A lot of people are against something like abortion, right? Yeah. He was basically trying to take that into his own hands. So it wasn't only just that, but now you're going to go as far as trying to kill a young lady in such a gruesome way Yeah. uh, to try to get rid of the baby. And the amazing thing about it is the child survived through all of that. And I think just this past year graduated high school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, And... And it's um, Ray Carruth is probably going to be the most hated sports figure in North Carolina history. Yeah. For like people that more, are, were around at that time. Yeah. hundred more than anybody else. I mean, you know, you could say that there's a lot of people that, that dislike coach K uh, but you dislike coach K because you cheer for a certain shade of blue or a yeah. certain shade of red. And he's been in your way, but you ultimately respect the man. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, or you could say some people may dislike, you know, Roy Williams because they cheer for a different shade of blue or a different or a shade of red. And but you ultimately respect the man. This is different. You hate Ray Carruth. It, it, yeah. I don't think Ray Carruth. I don't know if he's I don't know his situation as far as the case and jail time and all that type of stuff. I'm sure he's still in prison. But if he ever gets out, he better not step foot anywhere in North Carolina, yeah. you know, because it's, it's probably not going to be good for him. Because if somebody looks at that. You Ray Carruth, you know what I'm saying? Like he comes across the wrong person, they're gonna they're gonna want to put hands on him for sure. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't blame somebody for feeling that way. I would not blame someone for feeling that way at all. But yeah, for, although we do not condone violence, we, we do not we do not condone violence um, unless it's professional wrestling. Then that is acceptable. But yeah. if, but for but for Ray, I think that's something. Again, for that franchise, it was still early in that franchise. You're, they're still looking for that star that, or someone to build their franchise around, like what they got when they had Cam Newton or when they had Steve Smith. Yep. Those those franchise pillars that you can build your team around. Yep. He was supposed to be one of those guys. You drafted in 97, first round. Hey, here's a star we can put our team around, right? And then, unfortunately, that happened. That was a, that was a real dark time, like you said, you know, for the Panthers. And speaking of pro wrestling – well, we'll I was going to say this. that there ahead. was more dark times after for the Panthers because yeah. the, the one in 15 season was, wasn't too far after that. Yeah. I you think know? that was and, 2000 or so. Yeah. And, uh, or either 2000, I think it was 2001. 
Um, and then, you know, of course, they get George Seifert out of there, bring in John Fox, and then John Fox, you know, brings it up. Uh, and they end up going to the Super Bowl for the 2003 season. But, you know, that's, you know, it, it was it was a really tough time to be a Carolina Panthers fan. It didn't become fun until, honestly, <laughs> 2003. And there's still a lot of dark times that, you know, happen after that. But, you know, that's yes. something right there. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, no, it's it's totally fine. I was say I mentioned pro wrestling. Unfortunately, there were some some people that are from the state of North Carolina, Matt and Jeff Hardy, who were in the news a lot and for negative reasons. We love Matt and Jeff Hardy. We definitely want them on this podcast for sure. And it's been well documented and they're they've been open and honest and talked about, you know, about their their past legal issues and, and substance abuse issues that unfortunately put them on a negative light. But they also just happen to be basically 30 minutes or so from where you and I are, are chatting right now from our respective places uh, in Cameron, North Carolina. When you're knowing uh, pro wrestling uh, from not just being a fan, but being a pro wrestler for almost four years, um, I totally get what happens to somebody who uh, decides to turn to either drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And I did it on a part time basis. I was just doing it on the weekends. I can't imagine somebody who was traveling 250 plus days a year getting into that ring um, you know, four or five times a week, mm-hmm. taking all those bumps, you know, the gruesome travel that comes along with it, the pressure of always topping, you know, what you've done before yeah. and your body just hurting and you're not mm-hmm. getting a chance to really heal. You know, other sports have an off season. Um, you know, if you're the only teams playing in basketball right now are four teams that are trying to vie for a championship right? Everybody else is healing. Everybody else is, is retooling their game in, in summer leagues or whatever. Um, pro wrestling doesn't have that. <clears throat> so when you have a, a group like the Hardy Boys who, you know, honestly, they were throwaway guys, right? I remember when the Hardy Boys were the guys that were, you know, um, you know, being squashed uh, in 1997. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of kept digging in, kept digging in, kept sticking around, kept sticking around. And then all of a sudden they start doing things that people never saw before and start jumping off of ladders and start going through tables and yeah. using chairs and in innovative ways. And then all of a sudden there's this new genre of wrestling within WWE and it was helped to be uh, innovated by the Hardy boys who are from North Carolina, but regular wrestling hurts. Imagine going through a table, imagine getting hit by a ladder, jumping off of a yeah. ladder. And now you're doing it so well that every time you have a big match, you have to do another ladder match. You have to do another to TLC bar match. every time too. It, you you raise the bar every single time, and so now you are you have more access to things. You have more money, but now to keep that money, you have to go higher and higher. And you're already hurting as a wrestler, and you're hurting more and to get your mind off of it, to ease yourself, to get back into the ring. It just became easy. Um, I'm not going to speak for them, but I can see how it can become easy for somebody to take a drug yeah. or to to take more alcohol. And those guys got in trouble for it. And they went through some dark times uh, themselves, almost losing their wrestling careers, almost losing, um, you know, the things that they work for, um, you know, because of it, too. And and one thing a lot of people don't understand is that when it comes to WWE, at least those guys are independent contractors. So they're mm-hmm. not getting, you know, if you don't work, you don't wrestle, you're not getting paid really. 
So that's one of the reasons why you see it not only with with those guys, but even for generations before that substance abuse when it comes to professional wrestling, because if you weren't in the ring, you weren't making money. If you weren't making money, you weren't paying your bills. So that well, is something that that come with, comes with that, too. I'll say this. They, they, they make a baseline um, amount of money. Um, yeah, a downside I can't say, is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say exactly what it is, but, you know, this is just an example. Let's say um, if you had a contract with WWE and you never wrestled all year, maybe you're making like $70,000, right? Yeah. But if you're in that ring every Monday Night Raw and then, you know, you're also uh, in house shows, the, 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 sh the shows that are not on television – you're doing the big pay-per-views. You're doing the big international tours. Uh, you're selling merchandise. All that stuff added up. That $70,000 can now jump to a cool $800,000 in a year. Mm -hmm. Just like that. Or it could jump all the way up to a million. That's how important it was to make each and every show and to be on the road and to make those international tours and to have a big spot on the, on the pay-per-view. So... You know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, why? Why did they just do regular matches and just sit back and get paid? No, like <laughs> the more risk they took, the more they got paid that mm -hmm. that jumping off a, a 20 foot ladder. You know, that means extra thousands in the bank account at the end of the day. Oh, if you I, there's this there's this image, there's this moment from a TLC match that goes out of WrestleMania that always stands out. It's when Jeff Hardy is hanging from the tag team belts above the ring. 15 or so feet above the ring and edge jumps off a ladder and spears him right down into the ring. And they both fall like 15 or so feet. Yeah. That image is, it's one of the most iconic images in WWE history, but yeah, I can only imagine how falling 15 or so feet smack <laughs> on your back like that. Yeah. That's yeah. going to hurt just a little bit. I'd say, right. But actually yeah. probably a lot of it, Chris, you would know more than I would. I mean, just standing on your feet and and taking the normal bump that you learn uh, the first time, mm -hmm. that hurts. You know, it, yeah. it's I wouldn't say hurts, but it's it's jarring. Like mm -hmm. you, it's not natural. It's not something that you just naturally do. And you get to a level, and I've told people this before. Um, you know, there are certain bumps like off your feet that hurt worse than, let's say, taking a superplex. I've taken a superplex, didn't hurt as bad because you have a lot of time to brace your fall. Um, but you taking something like a razor's edge, that is the worst bump I've ever taken. <laughs> I have no doubt. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, right? it's just a weird, you know, type of way to to fall. Um, I didn't like German suplexes or whatever. That was that was a hard one to take from for myself. But just in general, um, you know, doctors have said before, if you are a pro wrestler and you take a match, it's almost like getting into a bunch of mini car crashes mm -hmm. uh in one match. And over time, your body breaks down. And when you are paid based off of the performance of your body and you want to continue your lifestyle or you want to have enough money so you can retire at some point early in your life, you're going to need to continue to be in the ring. And when things are hurting, when things are injured, and this is this is the only thing you have, you sometimes resort to things, which I'm, I'm glad now that because of covid wrestlers have gotten a break um yeah. a lot of times wrestlers right now only wrestling once a week and that's going to be great for the future of wrestling i believe I, I i hope so you and i are both pro wrestling fans you've you've been in that ring where if as long as these guys and these women stay healthy 
and they and these promoters and these companies do what they can to make sure that they stay healthy because hey healthy wrestlers with prolonged careers is equals a better product in my mind so absolutely all right, Chris, this was not the, the most fun podcast to do. Unfortunately, we were hoping that we would have a, an NC State National Championship podcast, you know, for baseball. That was that was the anticipation. And then, unfortunately, it all went down in the most NC State fashion ever. <laughs> and, you know, no matter how great this state is, there, there's mm -hmm. been a few embarrassing moments, a few black yep. guys, you know. Um, so that's something that we can um, – you know, look at, we can acknowledge and say, you know what? Sometimes the bad comes with the good. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I want to say this, though. I don't want to compare what happened to NC State as something to like what happened with Ray Carruth. Oh, I yeah. think in general, we're just saying these are just moments where it's just like, ah, I didn't put North Carolina in a bad light. So I just want to yeah. put that out there just so fans know and that we're not saying that NC State, this situation, is as bad as Ray Cruz. I just want to make sure that is yes, clear. Yes, that, that is 100% clear. 100% <laughs> yes. clear. <laughs> we should probably, you know, I'm going to re, I'm going to put this at the beginning of the podcast. It's like we are not comparing NC State to Ray Cruz. Um, but and, and yes. we didn't have an actual countdown. If we had an actual countdown, Ray Cruz is worse. We just were freestyling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were yeah. just, th we were just thinking of moments where unfortunately things didn't work out. Either it didn't work yes. out or did not go quite well. And Ray Cruz is, is one of them unfortunately yeah. yeah but hey follow us wherever you get your podcast just look Absolutely. up culture state we're right there you can follow me at the fam rookie follow me at chris lee tv my last name is spelled l-e-a i don't know and what's up with this l-e-e business yeah who who does that who does that's weird. that that's weird and you can follow us on instagram or twitter at culture state pod hey listen five stars Thick five stars with two C's. We need that. We appreciate that. And we'll hug you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, after pandemic is over, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're vaccinated. And, oh, yeah, if you're vaccinated. Yeah, if you're not wearing a mask. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.